0: Good morning and welcome to our american heritage i am archana the host of the program our american heritage program we're exploring in depth the american experience from its beginning to the present and today we want to welcome as our guest howie allen howie thank you and thank you for coming to the program and welcome thank you i've met howie listeners oh five years ago um, at the condominium complex that we live at in in florida and uh, I heard so many good things about Howie when I first moved in there and because he was involved in so many different things. And after we were there for about four or five days, um, I met Howie and I, I said to him that I hear that you are the um, the Anthony Wayne and the John Wayne of Lake Clark Gardens. And he just laughed and looked at me like, you're crazy. Well, I'm sure that's probably been uh proven to be true over the past five years um, and listeners you know that uh, this, this time of year is I like to honor veterans and one of the reasons I had Howie come on is because he is a veteran of our military and uh, we have a special special presentation because his his son Brad will be joining us uh, when we get we have to we talk to Howie for a few minutes so Howie please share with our listeners uh, your background where you grew up uh, where you went to school and um, your 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 military experience, why you decided to join uh, the the branch of military that you joined.
1: Okay, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I will say that I come from a very, uh, I I would call it a meager background, having been raised on a farm in the southern tier of New York State. Uh, Early in my life, probably around the age of 16, uh, my brethren and I set set our sights on becoming New York State troopers. that best friend in in later years, uh, turned out to be my brother-in-law. And we did in fact both become New York state troopers. I joined the, uh, I enlisted in the United States air force, uh, because of, because wanting to use that as a stepping stone, uh, for law enforcement. Uh, I did four years in the military police in the, in the air in the air force called the air police. And, uh, Really, uh, it wasn't quite what I expected. It was, uh, I did more walking around planes than I did law enforcement. (laughs) But I do, a a number of my family members are veterans of military service, and I'm very proud of my military service. My older brother was a career Navy sailor. I have one brother-in-law who was my wife's brother, uh, was a Marine and was wounded Mm. in Vietnam. Another brother-in-law was in the army. And I'm, as you said, Arch, I'm very proud of my son was a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserves and who just two weeks ago completed a one-year deployment to the Middle East, and we're happy to have him back home in Southern Florida.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so i after I met Brad last week, so go ahead, Tommy. I'm sorry.
1: So that's all right. Um, but as far as my background, after running the family farm for a couple of years after high school, uh, and I was I, when I went in the military, I was only a, I was a high school graduate. Uh, I. And again, use that as a stepping stone to get uh, some experience in law enforcement. Uh, But my starting salary, and and for people who don't know a lot about years ago in the military, my starting salary as a basic airman was $87 a month. Wow. Hmm. That's not much. uh, I was just looking at a book that my son had here in 1944, they made $50 a month. but. that, it's not much, but you never worried about where you would sleep or where your next meal would come from. You lived in a barracks and ate at the chow hall. Military life, in my opinion, in the days of the draft, and I've, I really I, the draft, nobody really wanted to be drafted, but military life uh, teaches you, young Americans, the value of discipline and respect. You grow up fast and learn learn really to be independent. Uh, I remember being at an assembly of recruits and, and basic training, Uh, where, uh, the answer to a question that the drill sergeant, uh, was supposed to, was asking about, uh, how many notebooks do you need for, uh, for your, you know, for this assignment and being last name of Alan, I was always one of the first ones to be (laughs) called on and nobody ever got the answer wrong, except for me. So I, (laughs) I. When he asked how many notebooks I needed, I said two, and he said two what? I said two notebooks, and he said <laughs> and that was the wrong answer. And I'll say okay. He said, the right answer is two, sir, and get down and give me twenty now. So that's where you learned discipline. You either did uh, you either did push-ups or you did laps around the the, uh, the drill pad as your mm-hmm. uh, as your punishment. That was where you learned discipline, and. Again, I never, I, the, you never got it wrong again. Uh, one of the, uh, as I went through the, uh, I, I got a degree in criminal justice after I got out of the Air, mm. after I got out of the air Force and went into the state police. But my time at Griffiths Air Force Base in Rome, New York, which is where I did four years, was spent guarding B-52s, KC-135, wow. two refueling tankers, and F-16 fighter aircraft all were at the ready to be, be deployed if needed. If you, uh, we also uh, guarded the, the billets for the uh, pilots and crew that were right next to the flight lines. And anyone who's not familiar with Rome, New York, it gets 30 below up there. So you were out on the flight line when it was mm-hmm. 30 below zero. It was a time of your life that you really will never forget. And I will never forget my time in the, in the uh, Air Force. Uh, my last two years in the air force, uh, in the air police, I was promoted to a sergeant, uh, airman first class and became the weapons armor for my, for my flight, which is a term used for the squad that you worked on. Uh, I handed out weapons at the beginning of the tour of duty, collected them at the end of the shift and primary weapons were the M 16s that are used in all of the, uh, all of the school shootings and those types of things today, those are the type of weapons we used at 30 caliber carbines, 38 caliber mm. revolvers. But, uh, I will say some of my experiences in the air force, I witnessed some tragic events while at Griffiths. I witnessed, witnessed a B 52 go down just as it just at, right after it flew over my head. Mm. Uh, yeah. while well, it was in an emergency landing status and the crew went down with it, uh, very tragic event. I also witnessed the, uh, an emergency with an F-16 where F-16 went down, that pilot was able to eject, but that was during a training exercise. Uh, again, my, I am very proud of my, of my service to the Air Force, very proud of my son's current service to the Air Force. And I will say there are so many benefits that I have received from being in the military to the point of educational benefits. I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice after getting out of the service. And it was almost like a part-time job for me as well, Mm -hmm. because they paid me every month uh, with a check and plus paid my tuition uh, at Mohawk Valley Community College and later on at State University of New York at Utica, Rome. And I uh, also received benefits as they paid you that money. You were able to show that you used it to build a house and it gave you a tax benefit over the years as well. Hmm. So there are so, there are so many benefits that, uh, that are given to you from the, from the, uh, from the service when you join it. And again, it was a very rewarding time of my life. My, I, I I was talking to my son earlier, earlier, and my daughter who is, uh, who was born while I was in the service that I got married to my lovely wife, Patty, when I was in the, uh, when I was in the air force, a childhood sweetheart. We had a baby, and my daughter—the first—the first, the first one—was born at a, at the Rome at the uh, Griffiths Air Force Base Hospital, and the total bill for the birth was seventeen dollars.
0: Wow. wow!
1: So, <laughs> it was uh, again quite rewarding, and mm-hmm. and my son was born a couple of years later after that. So, anyway, uh, let me uh,
0: how, know, let, how, let me ask you what, before, what what years were you in uh, the Air Force?
1: I was in the Air Force from nineteen sixty-six, uh, September of sixty-six through September of 70, and then you do another two years of reserve after you, so through 72,
0: up until the time I went into the state police. And, and you know, that, obvi- li- listeners know, Howie, that that, w- that was uh, a very, very uh, testuous time in American history. Were you concerned at, at all about the possibility of having to, to uh, serve overseas, particularly in Vietnam, or that, re- that didn't really concern you at all?
1: Yes I did uh, Many of I I I had friends who died and died in Vietnam mm-hmm. and I never really I never wanted to go to Vietnam and that was kind of the 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 thing that when you joined the air force you knew you weren't going to be fighting in the jungles there uh, but it was at a time they during the height of the Vietnam conflict it was a time when our military men who came home from Vietnam and were they were greeted by protesters rather mm-hmm. than being cheered and thanked for their thank for their service as we do today for uh, for many of the service members. And yes, it was a, it was a trying time and I was glad I never, I, I spent my four years stateside, uh, never did have to go overseas, uh, and was glad of that.
0: And, and was how did that. you, did you experience any of that, uh, negative, uh, atmosphere that so many of our service men and women experienced when they came home from Vietnam, just by simply being in uniform?
1: Yes. I mean, you never you, you never really got the respect, I guess, that you uh, because of uh, because of the uh, uh, because of the conflict there, that there were constantly protests going on. Mm-hmm. And although I didn't really see it too much personally, uh, it was a time that uh, that we, you didn't get a lot of respect when you were when you were in your uniform. Mm-hmm. So consequently, you didn't wear your uniform a lot when you were out.
0: And other than uh, particularly um, why the Air Force, other than you just mentioned the reason that, you know, you didn't really, really want to go into the infantry, the Army. But did you have your heart set on Air Force when you thought about going into the military or was that something that evolved over time for you? I guess it was I, I really had my heart
1: set on going into the Air Force. And again, my, my brother-in-law that I spoke of earlier, uh, he went into the Marines and he ended up fighting in the jungles in Vietnam. So mm-hmm. uh, that was, uh, and he was wounded while he was in the, uh, while he was in the Marines. So uh, I, the the Air Force to me was the, was one of the premier things uh, and uh, premier branches of service. And even though I had to do four years, four years was in the Air Force of many of the other services that you enlisted, like the Army or the Marines, you only had to do two.
0: And, Howie, my listeners know that the tremendous respect that that I have and share with our listeners almost weekly of, of anyone who has served in our military, and the great appreciation that we all need to have for anyone and everyone who has served in the military over the years, and particularly in that that that, that time of, of the Vietnam era, where so many of our men and women were treated so harshly and criticized, uh, not only by our the f- civilians, but also from a lot of the World War II veterans, thinking of knowing that or what they were being told about our military in Vietnam was absolutely not true. How did, what made you decide that you wanted to go into law enforcement? Because you mentioned that even before you you joined the military, that was going to be a springboard for you. What, what caused you to want to be in, in in law enforcement?
1: Uh, very honestly, Arch, I didn't want to be a farmer. For sure, I knew that. <laughs> I was grew up on a small dairy farm and I knew how tough that was. Although my, my brother, my oldest brother stayed into that for, for several years and mm-hmm. recently retired, retired, but I just had a lot of respect for the police. Uh, and I was sitting in a diner one day with my brother-in-law and I saw these two troopers come in and they're six foot six. And, uh, although I'm not even close to that, but, uh, they just look so great in uniform and, and, uh, I just, uh, I had total respect for law enforcement and still do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really wanted to do something that, uh, that would be intriguing and a different job every day, a different experience every day. And, uh, and that's what I found in 20 years. in, the in, uh, in the state police was that it was a different experience every day. It was a very rewarding and very uh, a, a job that I, that I absolutely loved. For twenty and, years,
0: yeah. You know, most people don't realize, Howie, that that every time uh, a law enforcement officer puts that uniform on and, and leaves a house, you know, the potential of what could happen as they're out there protecting the American public. And I don't, I don't believe we also give our law enforcement enough notice or respect for everything they do on a daily basis to keep us, to keep us safe. So,
1: Arch, my 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 career in law enforcement is much more. Uh, challenging and much more interesting mm-hmm. to speak about than 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 my time in the military. Although, like I said, I I am proud to have been in the Air Force. Uh, I'm prouder to have been in the State Police mm-hmm. of New York. And having there is no greater feeling than putting the handcuffs on somebody who killed somebody. I mm-hmm. uh, have arrested uh, serial murderers. Run, run those investigations. Came up through the ranks very fast in the State Police, and retired as a troop commander and oh. had 450 troopers that I put on the road at night and. And uh, every night they they were out there doing their job, and it's, it's sad today to see some of the things that go on in law enforcement. But mm-hmm. primarily, most of the time, uh, law enforcement officers should be uh,
0: are, do their job, and, and 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 should get a lot of a, a lot of respect. A lot of respect. And listeners, I was chuckling a few minutes ago when Howie said he didn't want to be a farmer. The reason I was chuckling because um, we have these very large dinner dances once a month at our condominium complex and Howie does all the cooking for uh, the meals. And every meal is just a very, very well done and just a very delicious meal. So even though Howie didn't decide to go into farming, you must, you had to have your hands in, in, in cooking because you're, you're what you do is, as far as the meals are absolutely delicious and uh, what you do for us there is is greatly appreciated so i'm glad you didn't become a farmer howie and i'm glad you went in the law enforcement because I, I of everything that you are doing presently for us what, what howie why a state trooper why not a, a local law enforcement officer uh
1: you know the the pay was one of the things arch uh, new york state troopers are very well paid uh very highly respected uh Hard to get into this. Hard to get onto the force, uh, but once you're on the force, it's uh, very, very rewarding. Uh, again, you had the opportunity to move around. Uh, the opportunities for promotion, uh, because there are, you know, there are 5,000 troopers, uh, and you could go from one troop to another and get promoted and move around, and and again come up through the ranks. So I think that was primarily. And they are they are basically the a highest respected, uh, police force in New York state.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and how you, as a, a New York state trooper, did you have a lot of interaction or any, a lot of other interaction with local law enforcement or one of our, or to any of our federal. Uh... All, all, all the time. We, uh, we did
1: joint investigations with the, uh, with the local police agencies, with the sheriff's departments, with town and villages. And we did a lot of investigations with with the FBI and the, drug enforcement administration, uh, over the years. And one of my, one of my biggest cases that we did with, did with a, it was a Rochester police, uh, Rochester, New York police department investigation, where they had a serial killer running around and, and the state police ended up solving the case for him when we got into uh, a joint investigation. Uh, so we had a lot more, we have a lot more resources in the state, had a lot more resources in the state police than they have in local, local agencies. We have helicopters. We have dogs, we have you know, SWAT teams, we have a lot of things that a lot of places don't have, and we have a lot more. Um, we can commit to uh, to an investigation if, again, like a homicide investigation, you pumped all your personnel into those investigations in a matter of the first few hours, because mm-hmm. most homicides get closed within the first 48 hours, and you, you, you may want 20 people working on that case, as opposed to where a local police agency only has one person to sure. work on that case.
0: And so, How, Howie, what is the criteria to become a particular in you know, a New York state trooper? What what What, what is the process that someone goes through to to be, to join New York state trooper?
1: Well, it's, it's changed over the years. And I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm up totally on it. But when I went into the uh, state police, you only had to have a high school education. You took an entrance exam and you had to score high enough on an entrance exam to get in. Today, you have to have. A bachelor's degree in criminal justice, or at least two years of military experience and two years of, of college uh, college credits. Uh, so, and and you still take an entrance exam to get in, and you get high enough on the list to to and be called. So it's a they, they have a, a today's in today's world there is a big recruitment uh, to get into police agencies. Uh, you know, for the state police, they run a recruitment uh, to to go out and find people because it's today, it's not a sought after after profession as much as it was when I went into state police. Mm -hmm.
0: And and, approximately, Howie, do you know how many state troopers there are in in New York state? Yes, uh, approximately 5,000. 5,000, wow. And for you, did you see a lot of turnover? And as a state trooper, did women, men, and women come in? They pretty much stayed for a long period of time.
1: Nobody, nobody. There were very few, very few ever left once they got in. Uh, they, uh, and again, it's when you went after that job, it was a job that you that you went after. Uh, they and you didn't really wait for them to recruit you uh today today it's maybe a little bit different uh because they have a big recruitment process and people look at it maybe as somewhat as a well i'll give it a try for a couple of years Mm uh but when i was when i was the state police you didn't that wasn't the uh the mindset Mm
0: Howie, how how did your family handle you being a a state trooper knowing you know the the potential possibility what you could be facing on a daily basis
1: well, I got to tell you, my family loved the fact that I was in the state police and uh, highly respected as so much. So that I have, uh, my brother's, my brother had, uh, four daughters. Two of those daughters are now one is a senior investigator in the state police in New York. Another one is an investigator in New York. She's married to a, the, the one that's investigator, uh, is married to a trooper as well. And again, on the other side of the family on my wife's my wife's side of the family, my, my brother-in-law was a first sergeant in state police. So, and I grew up at a time that, uh, again, they were very highly respected, still are very highly respected mm-hmm. in New York. And, and my family was very proud of the fact that I, uh, that I uh, was, a, was a trooper. But I will say this, Arch. The best education, and, and I've gone through high school, I've gone through uh, uh, college, uh, the best education I ever got was being raised on a farm.
0: And please share with our listeners. We're down probably a little bit over a minute left. Uh, could, would you explain that to our listeners? How you, how that was your best part of your education? Well, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm a
1: very handy with my hands and and building things. I built a few homes. I've and uh, I think you've probably seen some of the stuff I do. And you talk about my cooking, but uh, I learned that from my mom, by the way. And uh, they, they, they uh, when I, being raised on a small farm. When you had something go wrong whether your baler went bad the electricity went out whatever you had to do you figured a way to get things done and you never could wait to, you know if, if you had a denotter on the baler didn't work and it was a nice day and it was going to rain tomorrow you fixed it yourself and you learned how to fix it yourself mm-hmm. you tore things apart, you put them back together and that's what i refer to as my education i there isn't anything that i wouldn't try to fix and if it and if i can't fix it all if i don't fix it on the first try i'll tear it apart and do it again, tear it again. and and that's why i say you you couldn't wait uh, for somebody to come two days from today to fix something for you. You fixed it yourself.
0: understand. I totally understand. And I see that. Uh, I see that listeners at, at watching how we go about what he does at our condominium complex. Well, how we are Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment. But we want I want to thank you. Uh, and our listeners want to thank you for your, your, your service to our nation uh, in the Air Force and also the your service to the state of New York and the, and the, the, the country being in law enforcement, um, it, it's a privilege and honor for me to particularly know you to how I know you and to know what you've done to, um, for our country and for, for your state. So I want to thank you for coming and and sharing a little bit in this time where we 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 want to honor our veterans, whether in their military or anywhere in law enforcement. And listeners, I want you to know that uh, Howie kept telling me that um, uh, he didn't ha- he really hasn't done anything to change American history. And, and I keep I kept telling him, Howie, uh, we all do. You know, Abraham Lincoln said that every American is a link in the chain to our democracy. And Howie Allen, you represent one of those strong change uh, for what your background in law enforcement and and serving our nation in the military. So I want to thank you for for sharing with us today. And we're going to have a special treat because uh, in our next show, we're not only going to have Howie on, but we're also going to have Howie's son on, Brad, who has been a lifetime member of the military. So, Howie, Allen, thank you for coming and sharing with us today.
1: And thank you for having me, Arch. It was very enjoyable. and I, I, I also uh, have, have fond uh, uh, thoughts about yourself as a historian, and have spent some time with you. And as you know, up in Valley Forge, we had a great time. And uh, you are uh, you're uh, you're much more intelligent than I am on all of this <laughs> history stuff. So, thank
0: you. Well, no, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. So, listeners, this is W F Y L, 1180 A M, working for your liberty.